blue wire. Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Jackson takes it himself, look at him dart back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles, he is Houdini. Watson stays on his feet, throws on the run, touchdown. Watson, a magician. Mahomes winds it up, wide open as Hill. How quick was that? Welcome to another episode of the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Mayrov. We are back with another episode this week as we continue to try to provide you with a distraction, with an escape during these crazy and unprecedented times in our country. On this week's episode, ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler joins the podcast and we really touched base on all the notable happenings around the NFL. We discussed Dak Prescott's contract talks with the Cowboys, the Trent Williams situation in Washington, free agency with Jadavian Clowney and Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. We also talked about Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, the NFL draft, why the Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins, and much, much more. Some really great insight from Jeremy, but before we go to that, a quick word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. As you all know, there is no sports going on right now, and you likely think that means there is no betting going on as well. Well, you are wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of sports and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. It is all open 24 hours a day. It is all done online, and that includes their $750,000 poker series. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your online wagering experts. With that being said, let's go now to my discussion with Jeremy Fowler. As I said, a lot of great information from Jeremy. So here it is, my discussion with Jeremy Fowler. Joining me now on the My Sports Update Football Podcast, he is a senior NFL reporter for ESPN. You see him on SportsCenter and Get Up, among other shows. It is Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy, how are you? All right, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me here this week, Jeremy. I hope you and your family are staying safe. I want to start by asking a couple of questions on players who are in situations that I would say are up in the air. First up, Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback. It was reported on Thursday by your colleague Ed Werner that the Cowboys and Prescott's agent Todd France are once again talking about a long-term extension. So it's a two-part question here. First of all, what is taking so long for this to get done? Because we've been talking about it and hearing about it since the start of last season. And then B, does Dak want to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL? Well, to the first part, it's a very complicated deal for a lot of reasons. I'll get to the second part. The short answer, though, is no. I don't think it's solely about that. It's my understanding that, um, you know, the the Cowboys want to make them, if not the highest paid, very close to it. Uh, But it's the details of the situation. It's the guaranteed money. Um, It's the number of years. It's my understanding that, uh, you know, Dak doesn't want to be in like a a long six-year deal. You know, they'd like to, I think, you know, four years might be more of a sweet spot. Um, it's, it, are things backloaded or is most of the money up front, you know, like those are things that have not been aligned 
uh, between the player and the team. And so it's, that's why it's taking time. It, it's four or five issues. It's not just one. And so, you know, they, they, they're working through it in earnest. Uh, I don't think there's been um, a lot of issues of late because they're, you know, they know they have the franchise tag on their side. They have a couple months here to try to hash it out before mid-July. Uh, but there's a lot more to it than just, you know, what he's going to make per year. Does Dak want to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Because I know there are players in the NFL who want to have that, I guess I'll call it honor, to be the highest paid player at their position. Is that a hold up in this as well or no? Well, I think it depends on how many of those other things we talked about that he gets, right? Like if he has huge guarantees, um, you know, shorter amount of years uh, and, you know, a certain contract structure that gives him a lot of money in, say, those first two years, then he might not mind if he's behind Russell slightly and like per year average, you know, it's all about like where you're, where he's going to win. Right. Um, so, you know, he doesn't want a deal. It's going to be four years, 160 million, but you know, only 40 of it's truly guaranteed. You know what I mean? So I think some of those things are going to be in my understanding, a bigger issue than just per year money. Right. So some other complicated stuff, in terms of contract that have to be figured out there between the Cowboys and Todd France, Dak Prescott's agent. Now, another player in the NFC East who is trying to figure out how his future is going to look like is Redskins left tackle Trent Williams. His agent, Vince Taylor, is putting out statements blaming the Redskins. What is going on here? What is the real story? So, you know, the issue now is a lot of teams are willing to wait this out until he gets released, you know. Um, They've engaged in trade talks. You know, the Redskins want, uh, you know, a reasonable comp, uh, compensation for a very good player. But the problem is with his age going on 33 and a contract that he will unquestionably want redone because he's only got one year left, that creates some hurdles, you know, because of his age, you know, where, where you can go try to draft a tackle. Uh, in the top 10 to 20 picks uh, if you really need one. And so uh, it, it's not the player isn't coveted. He is. Uh, teams want him, but it's just a matter of, of what Washington's going to do. Are they willing to part with, say, like Williams for a fourth-round pick? You know, then I think a lot more teams would be involved, but they don't want to do that because he's a good player. So if they have to release him, um, then I think a lot of teams will be involved. Could it be that Williams' contract demands is an issue in this as well? I know I've seen some rumors that he is asking for $20 million a year. His agent has shut that down, said it's not true at all. But could it be that whatever he is asking for, whatever money it is, could that be an issue in this process? Because whoever is going to trade for him is going to have to give up from what it sounds like is a high draft pick. We'll have to pay him top money and is going to get a player who is in his 30s and has did not play last year. So there are some other varying factors. Is that an issue as well? It's part of the equation, certainly. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to have to play out the last year. Um, and, and maybe in the end, he'll have no choice. But I think whoever trades for him knows in earnest that they can work something out and that he's still a high-level player. You just don't know how many years you're going to get that for. So I could see like a bridge two- to three-year deal somewhere, uh, maybe similar to what Calais Campbell just did. Uh, with with Baltimore going over there, you know, but um, this is a player that sat out a year, knows he can still be a top three to five left tackle and wants to cash in. So that that is part of the equation, but it's certainly not all of it. A lot lot of it is Washington um, striking up a hard bargain. Right. Williams is a seven-time Pro Bowler, was regarded as the best or one of the best 
left tackles in all of football just a few years ago. He, as we said, did not play last year. It was not an injury problem. It was a health problem, which he's fully recovered from. His agent is posting videos of him working out and training. And as of right now, it doesn't sound like anything is going on. He will be 32 when the season starts. Now, Jeremy, I want to move on to free agency here. And as of this recording, Jameis Winston and Jadavian Clowney are both still free agents. What in the world is taking so long? Well, Clowney, what happened is, you know, he was looking at that big number, like $20 million a year. I don't have the exact figure, but I know it's, you know, he wanted to be paid among the elite. Uh, and some teams weren't willing to go that far. I think some teams are in the ballpark of $17 million. Um, but, you know, do they want to get up to nineteen twenty? No, they, they haven't wanted to do that yet. And so he sat and waited. But, you know, there's sort of a standoff right now with Seattle that does definitely want him. They made him their top priority. Um, there have been reports that they're around $18.5 million a year in a deal. Uh, we don't know how that's structured and all that, but, I, you know, I, I think that that's pretty accurate. I think they're in the ballpark there um, with, with what they want to do. It's just um, they're sort of waiting for him to, uh, I don't know, come down the earth is the right word, but he's probably not going to get the 20 that he wants. And so he's got to decide, will he take Seattle's offer or will he wait for somebody else to swoop in? And I think what could happen, here's the problem. I thought this would happen last week is that you'd have a new team that says, well, hey, look, we'll pay him a pretty high number on a two-year deal. Because I know he's open to that now, taking like a one- or two-year deal, try to knock it out of the park, get some sacks, and then blow up the market a year from now because we all know he's talented enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that never came. And so that's sort of the issue right now. Unless somebody else is lurking, it's Seattle, maybe the Jets, but I, my understanding is the Jets aren't going to go that crazy with the money. And so he's, you know, he's in a bit of a holding pattern right now. And, you know, Winston – uh, that one's fascinating because I, I don't necessarily think it's about the money right now because he knows he has to be a backup or at least go into a situation where he can maybe play uh, where there's a shaky quarterback outlook. But um, right now it's about fit and it's about a team really wanting to go out on a limb for him. You know, it's just, he's, we all know he's talented and he's got a great arm and all that stuff and he can put up numbers. But um I think a lot of teams are pegging him as, you know, if he's just going to be the undisciplined quarterback, this is what he is. And that's not what we need right now for a backup. I still think there are some teams uh, that are involved. I know multiple teams called at the beginning of free agency. Um, and so I think it will shake out by next week. Going back to Clowney for a second, I was wondering after seeing what happened to Michael Brockers with the Ravens, if teams not being able to check him out or bring him into the facility or give him a physical, if that is an issue in this, because if I'm not mistaken, Clowney had core muscle surgery after the season. He's had a sports hernia thing as well. Could that be an issue um, as well as to why he's still on the market right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an issue with a lot of these guys. I, I don't necessarily think Clowney is hurt. Uh, but he did have the sports hernia issue. Um, and so you're kind of relying on the agent and the player to tell you that they're healthy, but you want to check them out. And so uh, I think a player of Clowney's caliber, um, if the money's right, a team would be willing to agree to terms. But, I mean, it's a fundamental issue right now, right? Because these teams, uh, they're trying to put in their contracts that, like, hey, we'll, uh, we'll agree to terms with you right now and even sign you, but then, like, when we take the physical, even if it's three months from now and you fail it, uh, then we're taking the signing bonus money. And so that creates a whole nother issue. And, uh, you know, it's created uncertainty. And so Clowney could be waiting that situation out as well. 
No, absolutely. So we are still waiting to see what happens with Jadavian Clowney. You mentioned Jameis Winston. I want to stick with the quarterbacks here. What about Cam Newton? Released on Tuesday after the Panthers could not find a trade partner. Are there any logical destinations for Cam? Or is he in the same boat as Jameis Winston where he is likely looking for a backup spot or a Ryan Tannehill kind of situation that he had last year? What do you think happens there with Cam? Yeah, I think, that, I mean, that that's sort of the feeling right now. It, that, that's one, been a hard one to figure out. You know, I've called around a lot on this. I just haven't heard a lot of buzz about Cam Newton signing somewhere. It, it just doesn't seem to be there right now unless I'm missing something. Um, but, you know, I know the Panthers talking to people over there, they, you know, they didn't, they tried. They didn't find uh, really a competitive suitor for him. And part of that's the timing, and their timing was terrible on this, you know. Um, maybe they could have done something a month ago or two months ago and decided not to, but, um, you know, there's, there's just not a lot there right now, but they're, you know, everybody's looking at the chargers and everybody's waiting to see what they do. Um, they have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you would think there'd be a natural fit for somebody like Cam or Winston to go there, but with the sixth pick, I mean, they could go all in on the draft. And I think a lot of people expect that at this point, since they haven't acted on, on Cam or Winston, you know? And so, um, I, I don't know if they just wait it out and then, you know, see what the quarterback outlook looks like a, a month from now or two months or maybe even wait till closer to training camp if somebody gets hurt. Yeah, and I would consider Cam to be in the same position as Jadavian Clowney where teams want to have their doctors and their trainers take a look at Cam, take a look at his shoulder, take a look at his foot and do that before they sign him. And right now they just can't do that because of the coronavirus pandemic. All facilities are closed around the league. And this could very well be something that drags out for a while until facilities reopen and camp could take a visit. That might take who knows how long. Now, I want to shift over to one of the biggest surprises that happened so far this offseason, and that is the Houston Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. Can you explain to me why the Texans would agree to that trade? Because if you were to trade him and you want to trade him, fine, I get it. But why not wait for a, for a better offer? Why not do what Minnesota did with Stephon Diggs, where they waited and they waited until they got a large haul from the Buffalo Bills? Why did Bill O'Brien trade him so fast? Well, the short answer is I, I don't know why they didn't wait, other than the fact that DeAndre wanted a new deal. And, you know, he's got, he had three years left on his contract. I think things didn't go well on that front, you know. And O'Brien just said, well, you know, if, if he's going to be disgruntled because we don't have a new contract, let's move on. Um, but it's just I, – I can't imagine not getting a first-round pick calling around to some other teams that wouldn't give that up. Uh, that's what's so odd here. Now, Minnesota played it perfectly because they waited a long time with Diggs. Um, Diggs has been unhappy for the better part of the last year. They let all that build and said, oh, he just wants attention. You know, he's fine. He's, he's a Viking, you know, and they waited till, till Buffalo really made a, you know, a, a kick-butt offer. Um, where, you know, O'Brien acted pretty quickly. You know, he didn't wait for things to kind of simmer and marinate to get the right offer, um, you know. And, and he, he put a lot of stock in David Johnson. Uh, you know, I, I assume he thought second-round pick plus a, a former high-level pro Bowl player. Um, the problem is it's the wrong position, and that was three years ago. 
No, exactly. I mean, if Houston really wanted David Johnson, if Bill O'Brien really wanted to acquire him, he could have gotten David Johnson in a separate trade. He did not have to be part of this deal. That is the confusing part to me. Am I am I wrong? Am I crazy? Like, am I right? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I would think like a fourth round pick would have been, uh, or even less, would have been totally feasible for David Johnson. No, I, I thought before the offseason even started that the only way the Cardinals could trade David Johnson was if they did a Brock Osweiler type of trade where they include a draft pick in a deal where they send him off. I, I would have been shocked if they got a pick back in any potential deal, regardless if it's a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick. I thought they would have to give up a third round pick along with David Johnson to move on from him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Steve Kahn, the GM, gets commended for getting rid of David Johnson's salary, 10 of 10.2 million of which was guaranteed. He moved that and then got DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. It's just, he, the whole thing is wild. I'm, I'm trying to find ways to justify Bill O'Brien's deal. It's just hard to, I do think he, a lot of people around the league don't think he's crazy. They, they don't agree with his moves, but they like that he's doing it on his terms. And look, I'll say this about O'Brien. He's won four AFC uh, divisional titles in what, six years? five winning seasons i mean he's been you know he hasn't had playoff success but he's been pretty solid and so you know i'm gonna give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because of that no listen you are right the texans have won four out of the last five i believe afc south titles but looking at this trade i mean arizona did a brock osweiler trade where they're trading david johnson and a second round pick which is exactly what the texans did of brock osweiler but they are getting back Arguably the best wide receiver in all of football who is just 27 years old. I still do not understand it. I'm still scratching my head. Many people are scratching their heads. There really is no way of justifying it. And I guess only time will tell to see if Bill O'Brien was right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done a great job as the head coach in winning division titles. Not much playoff success, but they have you know, made it to the playoffs. But ever since he's taken over as GM, there have been some questionable moves. I mean, look at their draft picks. They don't have any draft picks, any high draft picks in the next two years. They don't have a first-round pick this year. They don't have a first-round pick next year. They don't have a second-round pick next year. They just acquired a second-round pick in this DeAndre Hopkins trade. But um, I really, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. Now, I want to ask you this. Which, in free agency so far, which move would you consider to be the your favorite under-the-radar move that has happened so far? Ooh, favorite under-the-radar move. Let's go to, um, I like, I really like what Philly did. Uh, and one, You know, one of the moves is flashy, right? Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't give up much to get him. They waited that out. They could have done that trade last year, and they didn't. And they waited a year and got, you know, they had to give up less. And then they got Javon Hargrave, the, the nose tackle. That When I used to cover Pittsburgh, I saw him closely. And, you know, this is a guy that can be probably a 10-sack-a-year guy from the inside, which is pretty rare. Like, those kind of guys that can rush the passer get paid. Um, and they got him for, you know, 13 million a year, which seems high because he's not a household name, but I think he fits really well with what they do. Um, so th- there are a lot of moves out there that, that were good ones, but that one definitely comes to mind. Yep, and you mentioned Darius Slay. I mean, I know for a fact Eagles fans are psyched about that. Adding him to the secondary that needed so much help is a huge move. And then Hargrave, as you said, not a household name, but now you're pairing him up with Fletcher Cox, and just thinking about that is pretty scary. Now, on the flip side, 
what was the most head-scratching move in free agency to you? Well, we talked about one of them, you know, with the Hopkins trade, but yeah. uh, I would go to, um, you know, D Detroit. I like some of what they did. They've, they've acquired a lot of players and a lot of good value. I, I don't know about the, the big V trade. Um, the, uh, yeah, Vitae, you know, because they, they're paying him like a tackle. He, I think some execs around the league look at him as more of a guard. And they're paying him $9 million a year, so it's just a, a little curious um, on that front. Now, he, he, I think he's a good player, but he's only got, what, 20 starts? Um, they paid him a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I look at Miami. The, Miami's another team that I thought made a lot of good moves. Eric Flowers is you know, $10 million a year for, you know, really one average to above average year at guard. Uh, it is interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I think some, some people are wondering, well, you know, was Miami watching the tape of this guy the last four or five years, you know? Um, but uh, the flip side of that is, I, I think, I talked to one personnel guy about this. He said he, he actually has a chance to be really good at guard. Um, he wasn't a tackle, but his pass protection at guard is really good. He's just got to be a better run blocker. So maybe that one will work out. But I like Miami's, Miami's signings except for that one. As someone from New York, I've heard a lot about Eric Flowers over the last four or five years when he was here of the Giants. A lot of complaining from Giants fans when he played left tackle and then when he moved to right tackle. It did not work out at all. But when he moved to Washington and they moved him to guard under Bill Callahan, who was the offensive line coach there, he really, really improved. And that is what Miami is hoping for when they're giving him $10 million a year. Um, so I guess that is a move that we'll have to watch closely. A lot of money. It is pricey. But um, Brian Flores and company believe that he could continue to improve um, there at guard. Now, you mentioned before that you are that you used to cover the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers for ESPN. And one of the players who were there while you were covering them was Antonio Brown. Obviously not in the NFL right now, but credit to him. He has not been in the news for, for the last two months, I would say. Do you see a scenario where he is in the NFL in 2020 on a football team playing once again? Well, I, I think he has to get suspended first. That's the issue. Like, if you know he's getting suspended for six games, then at least you can work around that, you know, um, and sign him for the last 10. And so uh, he, he's not even at that point where he can be suspended because to do that, you have to pass some protocols and go to counseling and do all these things, like a checklist that the NFL has for you. Um, you know, as far as I know, that hasn't happened, or maybe the league is just has other things to worry about right now, obviously, with, with the virus and everything else. Um, but, you know, it's he can still play, there's no doubt. And, uh, but it, his, he had a really bad 2019 and like really bad. And so, it, you know, I think a lot of people who are close to him saw some changes they didn't like in his life uh, and, and the mood swings and a lot of different things. But uh, if you can get that under control, you know, the play will speak for itself. Have you heard anything about Antonio Brown? Because I like I haven't tweeted about him and what's going on in his life since like January. Like, what's the what's going on with him? Yeah, I talked to somebody who's one, like one of his associates now, and um, he said that he is uh, working on music still. I don't know if you saw on his Instagram, he's had a lot of various songs and mm -hmm. music clips that he's working on. So he's enjoying that part of his life, I guess. I think he's still working out, as far as I know. Um, but he's been pretty quiet, which honestly is probably a good thing. I mean, the more quiet he is, uh, the, the better, because when he's loud is when he's getting into trouble and yelling at cops and, and all that stuff. So I think it's maybe he's in a better place. Hopefully you're right. What about um, Josh Gordon? Another wide receiver who's had some trouble. 
for off the field stuff, but not, you know, Antonio Brown's level, but what's up with him? Well, as far as I know, and from what I'm told, he wants to play next year. He intends to play. Um, he's going to go through the whole process of reinstatement. Roger Goodell will oversee that process. Um, and Josh knows some things that he has to get done. He's been through this before, obviously. Um, so he should have some direct dialogue with the commissioner at some point. Um, but, you know, it's, it could be a lengthy process because he's going on, I believe, his sixth suspension, fifth drug-related uh, since entering the league in 2013. So, um, or was I think it was 2012. But it's, you know, the point is he's just now a free agent for the first time, and he's been in the league, you know, the better part of a decade. So just to get here for him is a big deal, the fact that he can go and sign a contract and not be, you know, a restricted free agent or a third-year guy or, you know, he he's truly is a free agent. So I think he wants to get reinstated so that he can, you know, open that process in earnest. And, look, a guy that talented, even though he's maybe not what he used to be, he'll always have a job uh, as long as he's available. Yeah, this might be a question that is too early to ask, but I'll ask it anyways. Um, if you had to pick one of these guys to be back in the NFL next year, which one would it be? You're talking about Gordon versus Brown? Yeah. Mm, oof. I'm going to – geez, I don't know. I'm going to say Gordon uh, just because he's been through this before. It, it, it seems like the door is open for reinstatement so he can go that route where, where Brown – I just – I don't know. The, the league – could have suspended him already and hasn't because like I said, they're just not at that point where they even need to do anything, you know? Um, so he's far away. I, you know, I don't know though. That's tough. That's tough I, I, because I could see both in the league by the end of the year, you know, it's just Brown. I just don't know if I trust the personality. I, I, you know, I think Josh for his problems is, you know, a pretty good guy. Um, and, and he's, he's not a locker room problem where Brown has his problems inside locker rooms and, and that's shown. Right. Lastly, Jeremy, and again, I really appreciate you taking the time here today. The NFL draft is in under four weeks. Roger Goodell has made it clear that this is going to happen as originally scheduled, April 23 to 25. They are not changing the date. What is the reason for the NFL not postponing this thing? Because we know for a fact that there are GMs and executives and other people around the NFL who are not happy about it. There are a lot of different circumstances that are they are trying to work through. Why not just push it off a little bit? Because business must go on. All right, that's how the NFL operates. You know, like I think I think their stance is like, look, you know, you got the free agency unscathed for the most part. You can deal with it. You know how to pick players. You watch the tape. Go pick them. You know, um, tough. Suck it up. And I think that's the mentality. Fair or not, it might not be fair, but that's what they're going with. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people are not happy for sure. But uh, I, I've talked to some execs around the league as far as how they're going to handle this. They don't even know. They're just like, look, we might have to all be on conference calls. Um, I think some people are hoping that they can have a few essential decision makers in a war room and in like a mini war room, but it definitely won't be scouts and stuff like that. Uh, and so, you know, they're, they're anticipating just about anything, you know, any sort of wild card. Um, I think they, I think you'll see less trades as a result um, just because there'll just be so much confusion out there. Has there been any talks as to where this draft is even happening? Like where is Roger Goodell going to be? Where is he announcing all these picks from? Yeah, that's a good question. I need to find that out. I think, um, I think they're still working through all those logistics, as far as I know. But you know, I, I assume, uh, you know, with ESPN being with our broadcast, we would uh, 
you know, we have people here in Bristol, but uh, it's been very selective as to how we broadcast. I don't know if you've seen our shows. We have, you know, you have an anchor in a studio, but there's, there are not a lot of people around. So uh, safety first here. And so I, I don't know um, exactly how they're going to handle that, but I assume Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, all our personalities, Adam Schefter, you know, they can do a lot from their, either their home studios or an isolated studio um, and try to put on the best broadcast you can. But from a league standpoint, I think it will be um, maybe something they have set up in New York, you know, uh, but I, there's not going to, we know there's not going to be the Vegas glitzy show that they expected and hoped for. Yep. As you said, Jeremy, the show must go on the NFL draft on April 23rd through the 25th. Jeremy, I appreciate you coming on here today. Stay well, stay safe, and we'll chat again soon. Hey, you too. All right. Really appreciate it, man. This is fun. Special thanks to Jeremy Fowler for joining me on this week's My Sports Update football podcast. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. It is at JFowlerESPN. He actually just broke some news on there with the Washington Redskins signing Ronald Darby to a one-year deal. That does it for this week's My Sports Update football podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. All of that is greatly appreciated. I am your host, Ari Merov. I will be back with another episode next week with another guest. I hope everyone stays safe, stays indoors, and listens to the experts. And hopefully this COVID-19 pandemic comes to an end sooner rather than later. Until next time, so long.